Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finding high-quality mental health care can be daunting and exhausting. That's why Cerebral offers convenient access to online mental health services, including therapy and medication management. Cerebral's diverse clinician team can help with anxiety, depression, insomnia, stress, grief, big life changes, and more. You can schedule and communicate with your care team through Cerebral's mobile app and attend your sessions from the comfort of your own home. Get started with or without insurance. Plus, you can now use FSA or HSA. Start your first month for 50% off at Cerebral.com slash ACAST. Hello, before we go to the episode, just to let you know there are some minor plot spoilers for Can You Ever Forgive Me before we get to Spoiler Street. So after we've seen the movie, but before Spoiler Street. And also there's a lot of colourful language. Hi, it's Dave here and I'm with my wife, Cathy. Hello. And you're listening to The Cinemile, where we walk home from the movies. Uh, Today we've got a very special guest, Mr. Craig Parkinson. Hello, Craig. Hello, Dave. How are you? I'm cracking. I'm, Listen I'm to great. that voice. Yeah. I'm really good. You've got I'm... such a good podcast voice. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like compliments, do you? I don't I'll, like ease compliments. I'll ease it back. I'll ease up with the compliments. So, Craig is an actor and podcaster uh, from the Two Shot podcast. Uh, if anybody has not heard that, go and well wait till, wait till the end of this episode <laughs> yeah listen and, to all of it and then hit subscribe and exactly. then yeah, yeah. go subscribe to that because I'm pretty sure if you like this you're, you're gonna like that uh, so for anyone do, do you want to explain to our listeners if anyone doesn't know what the Two Shot Podcast give us your elevator pitch oh god I don't have a pitch we're not in an That's elevator terrible uh, we're in a bar we're in a bar give us your bar pitch okay. a bar, okay, the bar so pitch we are podcast uh, executives uh, yeah, and you're pitching the, your, your new podcast to us we're in a bar We've got all the the cash, and you say you've got one. I've, got, I've only got two minutes because I've got to go. Um, I've got to go. I've got a okay. very important meeting, Craig. Come on, time is money. Me too. I've got thirty seconds. <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, organic human stories uh, with creatives, uh, actors, musicians, poets, artists, writers, nice people not pitching things and talking about their jobs, just talking about the human spirit. Right, I'm going to stop you there, Craig. Okay. I'm in. Oh, great. <laughs> great. I'm going to put my money on the table right now. Thank you very much, Dave. I'll take uh, two seasons. Good. Right? Dave, you're taking, Dave tends that, to take these bits too far. You want to <laughs> <laughs> yes. end the bit now? Basically, <laughs> okay. predominantly why I think our audience would be interested in is Craig's an actor. Um, you may or may not know him, but he's been in uh, Line of Duty playing Dot. 
and he's been in Bandersnatch playing the dad. <laughs> Don't know the name of the character. Stefan's dad. Peter. Peter. Peter, thank you. Um, so essentially he's an actor, but he's primarily, but not always, interviewing other actors, right? You did it 20 years, Cafe. Yeah. 21 years. 21 Don't years. pick out two jobs. I'm picking out the two most <laughs> He was in Misfits as well, which is awesome. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically he's interesting, really interesting to listen to an actor interviewing another actor. Um, my favourite episode is the Jodie Comer one, who is the star of Killing, Killing Eve. Eve. Villanelle herself, oh. who I did not know was from Liverpool until I listened to you that so episode. So many people didn't. I love that so many people didn't. <laughs> it was like, oh, she, I, she not, doesn't sound like what I thought she sounded like. And um, it's so cool because you're chatting to her kind of, I get at this key moment in her career where she's just, she's in her like mid-20s, she's just kicking off, like Killing Eve is just a stratospheric thing for her. Yeah, and you've caught the world. Her, around the, the world, world yeah. yeah. And you've caught this like key, kind of caught her at the, this key pivotal moment in her career and I really recommend anyone listen to that episode it's so cool her first and only podcast oh wow that she's ever done um, I yeah. do like a podcast that's exclusive <laughs> <laughs> not um, to sound like a journo yeah um, and we're just so excited to have you on um, oh, I'm yeah thrilled. thanks for coming <laughs> absolutely thrilled to be on I love your podcast Thank you. you know thanks full well me. that we just discussed this before we started the intro about past uh, favourite episodes of yours <laughs> we, um, we've had a big old love in here for a while. we're oh, a couple of drinks in, couple of drinks in. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I mean I'm such a lightweight and we didn't we were at the British Podcast Awards last year um, we just went for fun because uh, we like podcast things and we saw Craig there winning best culture podcast for um, Two Shot and I was like, Dave, Todd from Light of Duty has a podcast. We're so excited. Um, so, yeah, anyway, thank you for coming on. So, and we are so going to go see a what movie. Are we going to see? Oh, yeah, we're going to go yeah. see. What are we seeing, Craig? We're going to go see Rich D. Grant and Melissa McCarthy in Can You, can you Forgive Me? Can You Ever Forgive Me? Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yes. Okay. yes. This is great because Shh. Kathy didn't remember the name of the movie. Either. This, it, that's, that's the right title. Yeah. Yeah. It's Isn't a very it? unmemorable title, though. I keep forgetting it. Honestly, I keep forgetting the title. Um, I love unmemorable titles. <laughs> Don't spoon feed the audience. No, no, true. Just let's, I, I, and do you know what? I haven't seen a trailer. I know very little about it. But I love those two. Richard E. Grant, especially. He's amazing, yeah. Um... So uh, and his reaction to this whole don't Oscar get, nomination don't get me started <laughs> on that it's so charming he's so uh, sweet he's yeah. a gentleman yeah. an absolute gentleman and he should win before I've even seen the film he should win <laughs> just for that just give it to but him but like you don't you don't get that level of like just childlike enthusiasm from from any like um Award nominated actor? Do you do? It? I mean, no. you just don't. No, you, you don't. You get this very. You usually get this very pull face. I mean, great. Uh, it's an honor such to be an honor to be nominated. It's like he was literally like that he was video like, of him yeah. standing outside that apartment, but jumping he is, around. He is what is he? 61, 62 He's never been nominated That's or won in the first place. for anything. Anything. That's amazing. And before all the Oscar buzz and all the awards buzz. I remember him tweeting that I've, uh, he said I've just done this film and the process and the people I've worked with has changed me as a person and changed my career so before all that so he's got that already so he, he's winning he's won already and he just meant from a craft perspective yeah right? of course yeah. and I saw him tweeting something about how he was crediting some of this to the fact that he'd been cast in Girls from the HBO series well it did it, le- it, it leaps on from there because I think it was the same casting director ah, from Girls that went you know who you need 
fucking what Richard is? E. Grant. Because to me, because I loved Girls, I was such a fan of it, and when Richard E. Grant was in Girls, I was like, how did they get him? But I, but funnily enough, from his perspective, that was a big coup to get in that show, and and it's interesting to the, even an ask an actor as prestigious as him. Sometimes you just need the right gig on the right network, and like things can take off. So yeah, we want to Craig on this podcast because on this episode specifically because we want to talk about like the, this is getting such kind of accolades for the acting and in particular it's quite interesting to see Melissa McCarthy I've never seen her in a serious role bar if you could count the Gilmore Girls which I don't think you can uh, no. she I know she was Oscar nominated before for Bridesmaid which was she? which is weird right because that's like a terrible movie well, it's just, just so weird. funny that I, I always it always baffles me and upsets me at times that comedies overlooked in yeah. awards yeah Seasons. seasons. The, go- the Golden Globes kind of acknowledge them in a, s- but it's a separate, ca- separate, it's a category. separate category. Oh no, it's yeah. like very different. What Comedies and musicals are musical to be treated comedy. seriously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, weird. And they're so such different sort of genres as well. But I mean, Bride, like Melissa McCarthy's really good, but like Bridesmaid for whatever reason became a darling that year because it was nominated for best script as well, and it was an, it was just interesting that it was nominated for that stuff. But but I'm so excited to see her in in a leading serious role because and this sounds really mean but for me Melissa McCarthy she's become a bit of a for me she's a bit of a Jason Bateman where when she's in a movie it's not a sign of quality at this point it's not a sign of a good movie usually because she picks bad comedies and so does Jason Bateman and I'm specifically referencing them because they were in a movie together last year that I thought I can't watch it sometimes I think if you come out of the traps like Melissa McCarthy did in Bridesmaids and it was this big storm and everybody was talking about it and she, and she was brilliant yeah she was really good and then literally everybody goes she was amazing in that right hand of that script hand of that and you, you're overwhelmed yeah. with certain things and they're just all the same movie they're well, all gross out you know not I don't particularly like talking about myself that much in my career but this is a link that when I was doing like a certain sort of like villain on the telly, the amount of villain scripts that I got, so I'm like, oh fucking, you drop, oh, do me a favour, please. I can't recreate. Craig, you, you do give good villain though. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the thing is, I'm not like that. I'm, I'm actually all right. No, guys, he's terrified. Terrified. I've been slowly edging away from him. Well, it's time. usually because our podcast we walk home from the movie, so we'll do a walk after this for the review, but. Um, I'm a bit concerned about the wall because Craig is so much taller than us. <laughs> Logistically, gonna yeah, you're gonna. Up. I mean, my arm's gonna be sore. But there's something about a very tall I'll, person. I'll, I'll, I'll hold. I'll hold the mic. <laughs> but a very tall person can often make a very good villain because they can be physically intimidating. I know, but I'm like six foot four and night skinny. I'm not like a, a big bruiser. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, and I love Melissa McCarthy. So I, anyway, my roundabout yeah, way of no, saying I do one, too. I I'm do really too. pleased that she's in this because I, d- I didn't like to see her in all those movies that weren't doing very well, and that. I, th- I think it's safe to say we're all pretty excited to see this, right? Yeah, I'm, I, I can't um, wait. Can't wait. And we're in Picture House Central in the lovely members bar drinking beer at like one o'clock on a Saturday, so I yeah. couldn't be happier. Uh, uh, speaking of, one o'clock, probably time to go in there. Craig, what's your, you, what sort of cinema snack guy are you? Talk us through your cinema habits. I'm a non-snack. <gasps> non-snack guy? Non-snack. Man Just after like my own heart. Uh, yeah. obviously, Sometimes a coffee for me. Obviously phone off. Yeah. Focus on the screen, and I don't really like to sit next to people. Oh, God, you, you don't sit next to us. Which is it's a right fucking yeah. nightmare because I'm on this podcast. <laughs> and also, although saying that, when I saw Roma, 
at the Curzon Soho in December and it was packed out. Uh, yeah, I was sat next to everybody, obviously because <laughs> it was chock a block, but the focus was just on the screen and uh, it was like pure cinema. It was quite, it was like going back to when I saw Star Wars or oh, wow. Return of the Jedi. It was lovely, it was a real communal feeling. That's what, yeah, that's what I love about cinema. Yeah. You know, particularly when the audience is with the movie. Yeah. But there's got to be respect there from the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Like for Roma, I would imagine intrinsically would have a very respectful audience anyway, right? Well, you would hope they really want to see it because they could have just seen it for free on Netflix. I don't know, but I've yeah. seen How to Train Your Dragon at the cinema and there's total respect there okay, as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, and I went, this morning I was like so excited about you coming on, right? And I've been up since five o'clock because... Of a baby. Because <laughs> I was ex- you were excited, you were up at five o'clock in the morning. No, yeah. okay. Jesus, no, Kathy, like, come on like now. I was like, Christmas. I'm excited. so sorry, I'm so disappointed. I wasn't up at five o'clock because I was that excited, but um, I was up really early and I was listening to your podcast. Because we have a baby. As my prep. And so, first of all, I have to say that Greg's podcast has like a 30 second intro music that our baby's obsessed with. So, every time, the first time the music came on, he started dancing. So, I kept rewinding it and over and over and over he danced to it. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to make a video and show Craig later. And then I went to take a video. He stopped. Never danced. <laughs> Never danced again. Um, but secondly, I was like, this is like eight o'clock this morning. I was like, oh my God, what if the movie sold out? This would be so mortifying. We'd have met up. <laughs> And I went to book the seats. So have we got tickets? Yeah, but I booked the only three booked seats. <laughs> Nobody else had booked a seat. All right, okay. So my point is you actually probably don't have to sit with us. No, I, I, will, I, will, I will, I will, I will. You can have a few buffer seats. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> we, we should all sit together and experience it. Okay, but it was very, like, when I went after that, my tizzy of booking them and realised I was the only person who'd booked seats, I was like, right, I think it's fine. I don't think that many people are desperate to see this movie at one o'clock on a Saturday. Um, I am. But yeah, good thing. I'm really so. looking... Oh, thank you. And it was funny because I went on then, because I'm always telling people they need to leave iTunes. If you like a, if you like a podcast, right, you go on iTunes and you leave it a review because it's all you have to do and it's free. So I finally went on to leave you a review today and uh, it made me laugh because all the reviews are like, Craig's got an amazing voice. One person said I listened to Craig going to sleep. Um, But then... I don't want to fall asleep. That's terrible. Wait, that person said that they listened to Craig falling asleep. They listened to Craig to fall asleep because his voice is so nice. And then I... Read not that they were listening they never, to Craig listen, falling asleep they never listen to an episode <laughs> they get like 10 minutes in and they go alright I'm knackered now right, great, but then one person wrote I really don't like the, the theme music they need to sort it out so then I counterbalance that by saying my toddler loves your theme music so there you go that's my review yeah, right. there was one person that said they didn't like the theme music yeah. and you'll never I, forgive I don't forgive never iTunes. read your own reviews <laughs> <laughs> no so, somebody sent it me and went they don't like your theme music I want I think it's very good. Oscar the really thing is, the thing is, uh, my producer Thomas Griffin sorted that music out, and I I gave him a template of what I wanted, and it was something like left field, like a left field track, um, and I gave him this track, and I went, I want something like this, but not like that, and he went, what about this, and I went. Fucking perfect. perfect yeah. Can we swear on this? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right, I've, I've, it's too just, late. Just done it. No, I know you do. Yeah. I don't know why I ask that. Yeah. I hate it when on podcast people go, "Can I swear?" Yeah, of course you can swear. It's a fucking free media. If anything, you're not swearing enough. We just put explicit warnings on um, on every episode. There was one episode that where I accidentally and I shouldn't have said it. Cause some people get really offended. I see you next Tuesday. So I took that. We took that one out. That's oh, the only I one we've ever taken no, out. I just look. People in England don't mind if, that word. If 
well fuck them yeah. and they're a bunch of cunts because <laughs> it's a great word it's, it's, a great it's my word. it's my wife's favourite word <laughs> I think that's the perfect go, note to go to the cinema to can we better go and yeah, watch yeah. this film or otherwise we're just, just going to get drunk yeah. see you in a bit <laughs> quite by accident I find myself in a rather criminal position what criminal activity could possibly involve it except a crime of fashion force I'm embellishing literary letters by prominent writers. I love his writing. Particularly clever, don't you think? Caustic wit. <laughs> this is quite something. He's a wonderful. I thought so too. Name your price. You were looking at one month's rent. What are we gonna do? Gamble, shop, drink. <laughs> Mrs. Israel, let me have a couple of questions regarding the last letter I purchased. Uh-oh. What seems to be the problem? People are on alert. Your name's been put on a list. On a list? They're literary treasures. One of a kind. It's my writing. You're impersonating other people. Nobody's buying Lee Israel letters. All right. I fucking love that film. Yeah? I Big loved fan. it. Big I fan. loved it. Um, I mean, just the sadness... I really loved, and the and you know those two lost souls coming together, and what came out of the, you know the desperation, something good come out of it. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I I thought it was really enjoyable. They're 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 not very likable people either. No, but that's the th- that's the that's, thing. That's what made it interesting. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you're sort of your your feelings towards them. It's kind of like pity wrapped up in fascination, and. Yeah, I think you summed it up nicely. Lost souls. They're they're both they've almost like both slipped through the cracks in society. Like they haven't been able to to sort of keep a grip. She's lost relevance. He's but she's lost touch with sort of humanity in a way. She had no connection with anybody apart from a cat. Yeah, you know, even her agent was going fucking. Oh, just don't talk to me. Kathy, you're being very quiet about this film so far. <laughs> you hated it, didn't you? No, no, I loved it. I, re- I truly, truly loved it. And it's just exactly what I want from a movie, which is like a small story about interesting people, beautifully directed and incredibly well acted. I mean, I think Melissa McCarthy and... Oh, my God, she like, was... She was I, so I, I hate to use the word a revelation because it's such a criticy <laughs> thing to do, and I'm not a critic. But like but that was, was it was like, and, and also I'm going to use another word now, which I hate, transformative. But she was, oh, she yeah. was unbelievable. Well, here's here's was another so, cliche. She's, she disappeared into the role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, like, we were yeah. talking about bridesmaids <laughs> earlier, and I mean, come on, I, I just think like her and Richard E. Grant together. I mean, there are two incredible actors, but you come away from that movie thinking. If they're not really good friends in real life, they're better actors than I'm giving them credit for because you know, their chemistry was incredible. It was absolutely fantastic, their chemistry. But also, just re- with regards to her and him as well, there was um, there was zero vanity about yeah. the performances, especially with her. I mean, she, she was at... <laughs> She was at the bottom rung of the ladder. She was so, the character. She like she had nothing. When they were cleaning up that flat and all the cat poo was under the bed. I mean, this yeah, is a was woman right. living in squalor. Yeah. She had nothing. 
was interesting oh. though because they're like she's obviously really hard up for money and she's horrible to everyone and and Melissa McCarthy made did quite a, a feat of making that character quite endearing who was absolutely horrible <laughs> but also I thought you know what this always happens with American movies they're positing that she's like really poor and all the rest of it and yet she lives in a flat bigger than our house. <laughs> no, very. I lived in New, I lived in New York for six months, and we took our cat from uh, from London to New York, and our cat, uh, our flat was tiny. I mean, that was a very glad. You lived that. The, you lived the, the, our, our, our kitchen was this. I cooked a, a Christmas dinner in our in our kitchen, and like you move from one side to take the turkey out, then you had. To, uh, it's not very good for a podcast. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm physically doing <laughs> I, something. I, I really enjoyed it. The people of Chinatown are loving this. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, so I saw it. I was like, "That's enormous." But yeah, I just, oh, and I love that they they referenced Nora Ephron and they were talking about writers and is it and it was obviously I think set in the early '90s, but had the vibe of a '90s movie. You know, movies used to be just. I thought it was the '80s. Was no, it? I couldn't tell. 1991. That's when it started. And it was just like. It was exactly like the movies from that era I love, where you've good talent, good writing, a good story, you know, small budget, and it can become a beautiful thing. And I just wish more movies were made like that. What? But you know what I loved as well was the, f- the there was with Melissa McCarthy's character, there was a, a bit of hope there uh, with the the Brit and also the supporting cast were fucking incredible. Yeah. You know, there the, was the, no weak link there. The woman there. in the the bookseller oh God, yeah. and that was like a possible friendship a possible love interest and it was like there's a bit of hope there and she she pushed it aside and she didn't have it in her life so she was blocking everybody from coming into her life and it was kind of heartbreaking it really it broke me yeah she was sh- she was literally shutting herself off oh yeah from the world absolutely it was I mean everything that she had you know, the situation she found herself in was entirely of her own making, which made it even more sort of profoundly yeah, sad. Yeah, Um And yet, we laughed a lot. Like, it's a funny movie. Oh, there was a lot of laughter, wasn't yeah. there? And what about... Um, I don't, do you know where we're going, Craig? Yes, I right. know where we're going. Okay. Carry on, follow me. <laughs> okay, Craig... <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even live in London, but I know where I'm going. You know London better than we do. Yeah, we don't know it at all. Don't worry, mind that taxi. And what about Richard E. Grant, then? What do you make of him in it? I just... I thought it was... Incredible, delightful, wasn't he? Yeah, and the fact that he was having so much fun in that part, um, but also I found him again mirroring Melissa McCarthy's character. There was such desperation and sadness, and they were both such lost souls that came together. Um, they weren't kind of mirrors of each other, like you said. Well, they were, but they were pol- they were. They were absolute mirrors, but again, polar opposites at the same time. And that's well, yeah, that's why opposites attract. And yeah. he's so like, like he just lit the screen up, didn't he? Every scene, yeah. like I thought, if if he wasn't opposite her, he'd be stealing the movie. But she can hold her own with him. But he's he's too bright a spark. He, he will take the light from any scene he's in, right? But you see, the thing is, his character, Jack Hawk, was putting on this air of flamboyancy and f- everything's fabulous, whereas everything is absolutely desperate. Yeah. He, had, he had absolutely nothing, but he was putting on the the airs and graces of that he had everything and he everything was, um, was beautiful. I mean, he was as much a fraud as, as she was absolutely. in many ways. You know, well, he, he was a he fraud was, to himself. Well, exactly. He was. And it, I think Did we go to spoiler street? I mean, yeah, I guess. Um, it's real life. It's based on a book that. Right, which happened. I now want to read. I know. I, I want to read, read the book. it too. Yeah. 
I, I want to read her writing and see how she writes. So spoilers now for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Um, right. Spoilers. This is Spoiler Street. It's in the centre of London. There's a Spoiler Street in every town. The Green Man. It's Spoiler Street. Yeah, I want to read how she writes. So first of all, this movie made me embarrassed that I've never read anything by Dorothy Parker. Because I felt very ignorant, as she was referenced a lot in the movie. I didn't even recognise a lot of the writers' names. i got to say, I'm not, I'm, I, I felt really uh, uh, like an ignoramus. But I'm not, I'm not very familiar with... The only name I recognised was Tom Clancy. And he was the one... He was the one being derided. No one's read, no one's read any Tom Clancy. Come on now. Oh, I have. <laughs> it's I pretty think, dreadful. But I always... I mean, I always love things around the literary world anyway. And, like, the craft of writing. And I just... I, I really love how this was directed as well. And it's a funny thing because... Um, this director has only directed one other feature movie which was um, The Diary of a Teenage Girl a couple of years ago which was an amazing movie which I still haven't seen it's really it's a good. Really good movie but yeah. the thing is I've got it oh, really? I've got it on DVD but I've never I've still never in the cellophane it's, it's not just on DVD no it's not yeah. in the cellophane I did open it up just to check the disc was in there and let's go really down here good. be quieter Rose Street okay and then it's funny because there's been a lot of contention this year over the fact that no female directors have been nominated for an Oscar I mean, yet this just... movie is two lead actors are nominated and it's a brilliant movie and it does make you think that's a bit funny isn't it uh, well I think it's kind of ridiculous yeah, I mean strange. that is I couldn't have I mean apart from a Sunday afternoon to go to the cinema on a Saturday afternoon that is a perfect yeah. afternoon film perfect and I love like there's a couple of scenes like where you know what's coming up next but they're they're handled so nicely like like she says to him don't smoke and don't get in my bed and you just know the next scene is going to be him smoking in her bed and yet you I can't love, wait for it I love that flamboyancy <laughs> and I love the fact that he had that cigarette in the holder it was, it was so all good. about the facade about it was projected everything and then he gets her apartment for one night and it's really sad he's one of those characters he just ruins it for himself then he fucks it up he's one night to himself and he trashes her house he kills her cat and he messes up whatever with the, the guy who's like I'm out of here and it's just like so tragic like you, know, you can't take self, an opportunity they're self-destructive you know absolutely yeah. self-destructive yeah. but that end scene where you, he came in a shadow of his, of his former self I mean he just looked awful yeah. and you know when Melissa McCarthy cried you saw a tear come down her cheek right but brilliant. you didn't see that from Rich C. Grant and that, and it was that that broke me, because I swear he's hold, he's still holding it all in, all his yeah. emotions. I mean, yeah. that scene for me was I went right, okay, we're done now, we yeah. can finish the film. And That's he, it. He yeah, it's just a relationship. Like she goes, I was going to trip you up, and he's like, you're a stupid old cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what a way to end and it. And also, there's something when you hear, because um, one of the first lines of the film from Melissa McCarthy was fuck off wasn't <laughs> yeah, it yeah. but when you hear an American <laughs> say fuck off like they really I mean, she had such venom behind what she was saying you just go oh she's completely fucked it all there but it really affects you when you hear it yeah, um, it's not, they don't curse that much in America well, they don't yeah. do they um, oh, and it had that, from that first scene I went alright I'm in I'm in now it was really engaging and those movies are interesting when they're you sort of they're people you shouldn't root for or want like but because they're horrible they're horrible people and they're horrible well, no Richard Grant wasn't horrible she was horrible he wasn't no I guess but he but he was you know he was an alienating character I mean we're introduced to him as somebody who literally pissed in a closet at a party he's the kind of guy you probably wouldn't really want to spend 
too much time with no. or get to know. Like, and literally, I mean, you want to get pissed with him. As you, but you said, you want to hang out with him and have him in your flat. Yeah, but I think we all know, like, from our youths, we will all know a character like that who, you know, was so much fun and energetic. But then there's there's nothing else behind that. But when you know, the, what I mean? you know when everybody leaves the party, that person's just sad and crying by themselves. Yes, and when I love, I, I, you know, you say about rooting for the characters. I don't know if I was rooting for them, but I was just fascinated and uh, there was such a tragic element to both those characters that I suppose, you know, in a way I was rooting for them. I was. When she didn't get prison time, I was really happy for her. But I, in the same way, I didn't want it all to come good. I didn't want everything to sort of have... No, they, I mean, well, and you don't want them to get away with it because, and that, but that's what I liked about it. She... She literally said the words, I accept my punishment. That was a great... But she also, what I loved about it, she refused to to apologise or feel guilty about it. She said, said, I'm proud of this and this is some of the greatest work I've ever done. Exactly. I will accept the punishment. But she did really well because she then got a best-selling book out of it. So she basically... And she didn't go to prison, so it's a win-win for her. From that desperation of where she was, why she did it, she found something with this. She found a fire in her belly because that's... So she got back to writing what she should be writing about. So the truth. I loved it. I loved it. And she she did... Well, according to the movie, got Jack's permission for him to be included in the book. Um, which I guess we don't know if that's true or not because we haven't done no research but um, I like that she did that oh you'd hope it was true wouldn't yeah. you really yeah. it was so beautiful at the end like he he was actually his eyes shined so brightly and he just like despite the fact that he was like physically withered and like he's a really good physical actor like he looked really ill but he was actually shining brighter than he had at any other point in the movie which yeah. is quite something yeah I just think both of them were there was a rela- there was like a release from both they of them they each other because <laughs> they have no friends yeah the moment you really sort of realised with Richard E. Grant uh, with Jack that that there was you know that it was all sort of for show but that, that was brilliant when, when he first goes to her apartment and he says I'm just a few blocks from here oh. and then he goes the opposite direction and lingers and you just you just know he has nowhere to go nowhere but it's kind of implied that he just like slept with different men every night for uh, for yeah. shelter right yeah, yeah. Slept around all of Manhattan. Yeah, but he had he had no he had no base. He had no home. He and was he's so just because when he got money finally, he took her to a club and like brought her bought her drinks and stuff. Like he was so generous. Remember when he got that four hundred dollars for dealing coke or something? And then he took her out with the money, even though he has no shelter and nowhere to live. I just thought that was really sweet. I liked how he got dressed up for those moments as well. I know. Suddenly, you know, the hair was was combed and, and he was wearing the, a suit. Not to get all technical, but the costume design, I thought, the whole design of the film, I thought was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Here's just, a street performer. We've right. literally walked into a street performer's act. There we go, there's a street performer. He's showing us his arse. Very, Very sexy. Nice. Yeah. It's a good look. <laughs> I mean, it looked gorgeous, right? And do you think it was well-directed? No, yeah, like a lot more than we did. Yeah, I thought it was fantastically directed. Sorry, we're going through crowds here. Because uh, she's young, that director, as well, isn't she? She's, like, in her 20s. Because it didn't look directed. No, no, she was born in It didn't look directed at all, did it? No, it didn't it was, it was kind of an effortless story. It didn't, it didn't patronise the audience in any way didn't spoon feed them I no. love that and, and it also didn't feel like um, a nostalgic piece do you know what I mean you, when you, often you get things said in the 
in uh, the eighties or nineties. It just it just felt like no, know, but it was it was very definitely it was very definitely in the early nineties with without yeah punctuating it. Like yeah, but said. I like I like I like the way it didn't hammer that home. Like no, we, I know. It was we didn't 80s. have the Red Hot Chili Peppers playing on the on the radio no, or it things didn't like do that. that. Yeah, did it? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you would expect with the early nineties. You know, in the hands of a lesser director, it would have been that the radio would have been on, and he would have had. Yeah, and I mean, oh like look, a, the blow monkeys are on. Georgia, <laughs> no, the, the war in Iraq is happening right now. Yeah, George H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. W. Bush. Has I was actually trying to timestamp it for ages because I was like, okay, they don't have mobile phones. They've mentioned Nora Ephron, so she's alive. And then, in the end, it said Jack had died in 1994, so I guess early 90s. But other than that, I actually I would have thought it could have been the noughties, it could have been 80s. Like, it was but quite it did say at the beginning, Cathy. I did miss that. 1991. <laughs> I completely missed that, as did Dave. <laughs> I couldn't see that at all. Dave was in the bathroom yeah. when I was settling into Jesus, my seat. Jesus, guys, come on. Oh, yeah, we did miss that. We're yeah, going to watch a film. <laughs> We're going to drink it in. Yeah, you went before us. You're more professional. <laughs> I bear in mind I haven't been to the cinema since before Christmas so this is my first cinema viewing of 2019 (laughs) we go so often we just like skip half the movie you're doing it a lot better than us Um, I thought that there was a a great soundtrack to it as well there was like that uh, Pixies track Where Is My Gun um, which popped up there were a few other tracks I I hadn't heard of but just like they sort of uh, blended really well into the into the like it, it just felt like a really interesting atmosphere and a scene that I don't think anyone's seen before like that whole sort of literary collector scene that's something I haven't seen in a film before and that's what I like in in movies when it shows you a sort of snapshot of um, a setting and a place and a a sort of weird subculture that that you don't get to experience and it wasn't glamorous because she was really forging things for like a hundred dollars if anything it was like profoundly boring <laughs> like I, I mean I would have no interest in that in real life but they somehow like I mean she brought an element of like danger and excitement to the whole thing I mean literally when you can draw tension from somebody selling a letter to somebody else in a bookstore I think you know you're, you're doing a good job but you see that's what it all comes down to that film it's about the characters and it's about loss and desperation and yeah. that's why we as an audience buy into it because we buy into those characters even though we might not like them that's not the point it's about that we feel some sort of empathy with what they're what they're going through and, and you like, believe she really needs that money like she can't afford to bring her cat to the vet or pay her rent and what did you think of the very end I love stylishly again just at the end when the credits popped up and then just we got the little like end note on the characters oh I tight. love that yeah it was lovely wasn't it and also there was a laugh I can't remember what but we all laughed at one point oh it, it was, was that um, Nora and Efron sent her a cease and desist <laughs> letter yeah it was really good so you know for a fact that that was true that yeah, that happened I which that. I loved because they only did it once they didn't hammer it home did they I think my favourite scene was the scene of her in the agent's office and the agent's like firstly you're not famous secondly you're horrible thirdly no one cares what you have to write about and like fourth just fuck off out of my office basically <laughs> and Melissa McCarthy's still horrible to her like she is so horrible and she can't contain herself and like I'd say as an actress she just lo- would have loved that role like it must have been so much fun to play someone who's just got those amazing lines that in real life you wish you would have that you would never ever oh my god what are we walking into here <laughs> we're into a protest right is this a Brexit protest this is going to be a new podcast in about 10 minutes but I really really hope that he wins best supporting actor somewhere because he deserves everything and it's a long time and coming. he's never been nominated for anything yeah, I can't believe and he's that. never won anything 
If you asked me, has he been nominated? I probably would have gone, yeah, I presume two or three times. <laughs> I don't know You'd what for. Yeah, you would think. But what a roller coaster of a career he's had. Imagine they both won for such a small movie. It would be so cool. We'll see. Oh, God. But we better we... wrap up because otherwise, it looks like it might be an actual people who want to leave the, leave the EU protest. Because I see a lot of Union Jacks. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just, 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 we'll just do a new podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's four one the right now. Mile. Yeah. <laughs> a Actually, short walk to uh, Europe. My mom did want this podcast to be called the Caddy Mile Special Edition, uh, which really works. Bless, really bless works. your mom. Lots of love, Kathy's mom. <laughs> um, All right, let's well, wrap up. Wrap off. Craig, thank you so much for coming oh, on. Absolute pleasure. pleasure. I'm yeah. so oh, thankful to you. that you had me on. I uh, loved it. It was brilliant. We're going to do one more shout out. Go subscribe to the Two Shot Podcast. Oh, yeah. Wherever you're listening to your podcast, Podcast, you will find it. You'll well, guaranteed to like it. That's very kind. Yes. And leave a five star review. It's a very important, right? And leave one for us as well. Hey, <laughs> yeah, subscribe there. to the Cinema. <laughs> I mean, hopefully you're already subscribed if you're listening. We're at the Cinema, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, all the good at places. At Two Shot Pod. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Thanks, Craig. Oh, welcome, guys. Thanks, Craig. We'll see you at the Oscars. We're all, we're all, we're all going <laughs> with Richard <laughs> <Yeah>. Grant. <laughs> I can't say that I regret any of my actions. In many ways, this has been the best time of my life. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.